This podcast is sponsored by the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Stick around for more at the end of today's program. Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count with Carl Truman and Todd Pruitt. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. My name is Carl Truman. I teach at Grove City College in beautiful Western Pennsylvania. And I'm here with my friend and co-host, the Reverend Todd Pruitt, who pastors a PCA church in Harrisonburg, Virginia, Covenant Presbyterian Church. Todd, is that the name? That's it. Yeah, it's, that's kind of a rare name for a Presbyterian church. <laughs> yeah, you just ne- yeah, you never find a, a Covenant Presbyterian church out there. We've really, we've really cornered the market on being unique. Very distinct. We're like back home. Ebenezer was always <laughs> the name of the Reformed Baptist Church. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but, but I do, I do lament that. I mean, we're, Covenant is is a very common name among churches, but we're not trendy. I, you know, if we were going to do trendy, we could we could be New City Presbyterian mm. Church. Well, um, the that would be the thing. Yeah, yeah. Or or news news or ignite ignite Presbyterian Church or fire. You know, something like that would be really cool. So you, we'll see. You, you used to be called Elevation. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a great pleasure to be with you all today. And we have uh, uh, another repeat guest, the triumph mm-hmm. of hope over experience. Uh, <laughs> her name is Linda Finlayson. She's the wife, very good friend of mine, Sandy, the librarian at Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. And she's well known as a writer of children's books. And most recently, as the author of uh, a children's timeline of the Bible. So, Linda, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, bit of background. How did you get into writing history books for children? What was it that attracted you to it? Why do you think it's a worthwhile calling? Well, I've always enjoyed working with children, um, both in the church and in schools, um, and I've always wanted to, I've always written too. Um, it's all seemed to come together when I was doing Sunday school and um, children's club programs. I would write up my own uh, material. History has always been very important to me. I had a 10th grade teacher who opened up history to me and showed me that it had to do with people rather than things which was the most important thing that one should always remember when studying history. So putting together children, history, and most especially the history of the church and the Bible uh, just seemed to be the whole, um, everything came together for me when uh, Christian Focus was willing to um, publish some of the work that I was working on. And, and Linda, you, you have a series of you know, short biographies for, for children um, that are really Wonderful. Um, I, I'm I'm happy to to always encourage um, parents to uh, to go to those. What what are just just a few of the people? Uh, I wonder if you would mention a few of the lives that you have chronicled for these wonderful little children's books that you've written. What what are what are several of them? 
Okay, you're referring to the risk taker? Um, yes, the risk taker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they are designed for uh, beginning chapter readers. And the idea is they have a complete um, chapter that covers one person, um, an overview of a biography kind of chapter. Yeah. Let's see here. We did, I did Elizabeth Welch, um, who was the, uh, <laughs> who took on King James uh, I mm. uh, about her husband. Um, uh, we did uh, Mary Slesser, a missionary in, uh, in Africa. We did some Bible characters, too. We did uh, the aunt uh, of King Joash rescued him as a child when his grandmother was trying to kill him and all of his brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some of the ones we covered. Um, it, was, uh, it was very interesting to be able to encapsulize um, those people enough that it would, I hope, would intrigue children to want to know more. Well, one of the things I'm excited about, about this new book and this new series you have, and I, I, we're, we're mainly here talking um, to Linda about her newest book, which is God's Bible Timeline, the big book of biblical history. And I immediately loved it because it's big, it's colorful, and it is full of great, it's illustrated really, really well. And as soon as I, I saw it, weeks before I, I actually received a copy, you know, my first thought was, oh, I would have loved to have had that when my, when my kids were, were little. And um, of course, I tore into it as soon as it, it arrived. And it, it's just a, it's so well done. It is beautiful. It's big. It's got a poster in it. You know, all of these things that if I still had young ones, I would love. But I'm, I'm going to say this, um, not patronizing anyone, um, adults who have never really been taught or learned Biblical history, you know, you might hear your pastor ref- refer to the, the dividing of the kingdoms or the northern kingdom or the southern kingdom, and you're scratching your head and wondering, what's he talking about? Or he'll reference Solomon, or this happened during Joash. Or, and, and, and all of that kind of gets lost on you, which, which makes you not unusual, by the way. As an adult, uh, you will learn a great deal of wonderful, wonderful information in this book that will help tie particularly Old Testament for you, because I think most Protestants are woefully undereducated in terms of the, the historical events and the timeline of those events in the Bible. And it, it will help you so much appreciate your instruction from the Old, from, from the Old Testament when you hear sermons from the Old Testament. Um, and so as an adult, you will love this book. You'll enjoy it. it is, it's fun. It's fun to look at, and it will bring those kind of pieces um, together for you so uh, so well. So I, I, I commend it. Now tell us just a little bit, um, Linda, about you know what's going on with this book and with the the timeline series as a whole. Kind of what generated your desire to do this and what we can expect from it. Okay, the series actually uh, it has two books. Um, mm-hmm. There's the uh, God's timeline, which is the uh, church history. And then we added in, this time, uh, God's Bible timeline, which covers Mm -hmm. the timeline of the Bible. It was a joint idea between uh, my editor at Christian Focus, Catherine McKenzie, and myself. We wanted to be able to make church history particularly, because that was the first one, uh, accessible to children. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to, because children now are more used to having visual rather than just print Right. Uh, we wanted to find a way to be able to draw them into that, and the timeline idea sort of came together. At first, uh, when I was writing, I was sort of writing in the dark because I wasn't sure what it was going to look like. 
But as uh, Pete Barnsley from Creative Hoot got involved in actually doing the layouts and the illustration, organizing illustrations and things, together, uh, the three of us were able to bring it together, which we were very happy with. And then when it came to doing the Bible timeline, uh, it was just, uh, it was easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I could, con I could concentrate, too, more on the content because, well, I learned a lot myself uh, as I was putting them together. I was trying to remember as a child, having grown up in the church, that I was confused, as you said, about the Old Testament. How did it fit together? What was the chronology? And for the longest time, I didn't understand that there were actually two kingdoms. Yeah. I thought there was, you know, Judah, Israel. I thought the name was interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's one thing I was very uh, wanted to make very clear to children, uh, or to any of my readers, how the divided kingdom came about and... Um, what happened and led to the exiles. The annoying thing, of course, is that the um, kings tended to all have the same names or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> very similar right. names. Very similar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was hard to sort out. But um, the idea was accessibility and visually appealing for children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember when you were talking, we were talking about the church history timeline book you did, Linda. One mm -hmm. of the, the areas where I would say it was controversial, but where the, you'd obviously had to make some critical decisions that wouldn't please everybody was you know, who to put in and who to, to keep out, particularly when it comes to, you know, say, Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox figures, uh, that kind of thing can, can, can prove contentious. Uh, obviously, with the Bible timeline, you have a, you've got a clear canon of books. You, you have a more focused foundation for, for doing the timeline. Bible generates its own unique controversies uh, over which you know good orthodox believing brothers and sisters disagree and sometimes disagree quite vehemently issues such as you know the timing of the exodus or something like that how did you address those kind of issues uh, within the within the book what, what was going on in your mind as you were making the, the critical decisions on on some of the more contentious aspects of the biblical timeline uh, excellent question, <laughs> and it is something that I did wrestle with a lot. Um, one thing that I had to do, first of all, was realize that I have a publisher who publishes uh, Protestant Reformed material, so I needed to make that my focus because there were only, there were only um, so many ways I could attack the material. The other thing, too, is um, I use the ESV study Bible and the Atlas as my way of giving me a framework, so that was a place to start. I read a lot of commentaries. I talked to some scholars. I had some of them read my work so that they could, you know, I could get some opinions. At some point, I had to make my own decisions about what I would go with, and I did try to say in the book that if there wasn't something absolutely definite, that I didn't make it sound too definite. I mean, where do you put Job? Right. Um, it's a book that um, doesn't really fit in a particular uh, place in the chronology, but it certainly is important. So rather than put it in there, I put it in a separate paragraph to explain it. There was comments about what route did the Israelites take when they left Egypt? Well, I discovered that archaeologists say that what we see now is the Red Sea uh, probably is different from what it was back in the time when the uh, exodus took place. 
So those are the balance things. Um, there were also some items of, um, well, in the book of Judges, how much of that do I include? Because some of it is, is fairly graphic. Right. There were things that I went back and forth with my editor to. What do we call concubines? How do we explain mm. them? Um, I did not wish to talk down to children. Uh, they're perfectly capable of understanding things, but things do need to be worded in a way that they can understand with what they have learned so far. Yeah. Did you include Shamgar, son of Anath, my favorite character? From, oh, man, man. It's, uh, well, I can't recommend the book in that case. If it's uh, the most you know, significant character in Jerry. It's one of my favorites. In fact, Cruella de Vil sent me a Christmas card with Shamgar, son of Anath, on it. Uh, nice, nice. Now, Linda, I mean, obviously with a, a book with the title of, of God's Timeline, you're wanting to also do some very basic kind of um, fundamental instruction for children about the importance of time and, and what time means and how, and how they can understand the significance of time. And you address this a little bit uh, in the introduction what are you wanting your young readers to understand about the nature of time, if that makes sense? Well, what I put in the introduction was an explanation of why we don't have specific dates for specific um, events, particularly in the early part of the Old Testament. First of all, they did not record time the way we do. <laughs> uh, and the uh, dates that we have now that we were imposed on them uh, on uh, those events afterwards hundreds of years afterwards but i did not want children to think that just because we did not have specific dates and times that it wasn't true because it is we know the chronology more or less and when we can we have certainly put them in with um with some certainty one of the best ways to determine where some things happened uh, in both the Old and New Testament is comparing them to the events that are referred to in, uh, in Scripture, to, you know, to the, the Assyrian kings, to uh, King Herod. We know when they lived, uh, we were able to slot in to show that, yes, there's the biblical events right there, uh, all part of true history. How would you recommend that parents use this book with their children? Is it, is it a book to use at family worship? Is it a book to use as a, as a supplement to what they're being taught in Sunday school? How would you see this book being useful for, for mum and dad as they, as they talk to the kids about the Bible? I'm not sure. Well, it depends, I suppose, on how one does family worship. I don't know whether it would necessarily fit into that sort of setting. Certainly a supplement to Sunday school um, and to any questions that might come, even come out of, say, family worship and reading scriptures. It's something that is actually, I, I see it more as a tool that children can look through and will cause them to ask more questions and want them to go to the Bible and look at it in more uh, detail. And, and I, I would also just add that if you are a Sunday school teacher, if you teach children, if you teach youth, um, and I'm just going to say if you teach adults, and you're going to be dealing with biblical history. And I hope if you're teaching a Sunday school class, you're going to deal with biblical history. Um, this is terrific um, because it's, it's a real primer on 
on the timeline and you can keep these events um, in context. You can see, you can actually see it laid out before you and uh, it will make those passages in the Old Testament where there are names and dates and movements of kingdoms and all those kinds of things. It, it will make it far more manageable for you as a teacher in, in communicating uh, these things and, and perhaps passages of scripture that might have seemed kind of beyond uh, your grasp just because the names and, and, and the events you've never personally been taught yourself either. Um, this will be really helpful for that. And what's, and the beauty of it being illustrated so well is that kids can see it, um, how it's, um, how it's laid out. And as the title suggests, it goes, it goes from creation all the way through, you know, events described in acts and, and, and the early church. So it gives you that full picture, extremely helpful um, in that way. Um, and, and I've got to say, Linda, I mean, I don't expect every book to be illustrated as fully as this book is, but um, I was reminded once again in my, in my ongoing dispute with Carl Truman that every history book, even the most sophisticated history books, ought to have some pictures and illustrations in it so that I can see the face of the person I'm reading about and that kind of thing. But anyway, this, this gives it to you in spades, and it's, it's wonderful. Whoever, whoever did the illustrations for this is just terrific, and, and, and who did the layout for it. It is, it is as well done as any book I've seen like this and, and beyond. Uh, uh, it's just uh, one of the best resources I've ever come across on, on the subject. That's high praise from a man who's uh, basically reading his mad magazine. Linda, what was the, uh, one of the things I find most fun when, when I write is the stuff that I learn myself. Uh, what was the, the most interesting thing you discovered about the Bible and its timeline uh, that you didn't know before? Was there something that, I wouldn't say turned your world upside down, but was there something that you think, wow, that's, that's interesting. And that fundamentally changes how I, I think about this book of the Bible. Well, I think um, it's probably the, the story of Moses, the idea that he was born a slave um, and then became a prince. Um, I had never really thought about um, why that made a difference. And as I read more about Moses and, uh, and all that happened in his life, it struck me that him being a slave meant that he understood what his people, the Israelites, were going through and could be accepted to rally them, not at the time when he was a young man, because we know he had to flee because of, he uh, killed an Egyptian and the Israelites were not impressed. But he also became a prince, and growing up in the palace, he would have understood um, how to approach the pharaoh, all the um, details involved in being part of that kind of uh, lifestyle. So that when he came back to lead the people out, as God had commanded him to, he was able to go into the uh, palace as a prince, as opposed to a slave, and get the ear of the pharaoh, such as it was, where if he'd just been a slave in an uprising from uh, the people who were already there, he would never have gotten near the palace. <laughs> so God arranged it so that he could be both a good leader to his people and to have the ear of uh, be able to get into approach the Pharaoh in order to be able to plead for his people as God had told him to. Interesting. And as David was a shepherd, of course, before he became the leader of Israel. He, mm -hmm. he was apprenticed as a shepherd, which is, I think, very significant in, in redemptive history as well. So, yeah. yeah. 
what are some of the chief truths that you that you have labored to to teach about the character of God and the gospel as that are kind of unfolded now as parents will will work or or teachers will work through this book Mm -hmm. um well mainly that god's been there right from the beginning he's in control Mm -hmm. of history uh he had his plan and the one thing that i've found as as i laid it all out to be able to watch and see how god's hand was in all of the events as they proceeded through history and um I think I even mentioned in there about genealogies. Why would we bother to have genealogies? Mm-hmm. Well, I think in a lot of ways that shows God's plan because he cared about each of these individuals. He was allowed us through these uh, genealogies in the Old and the New Testament to see that his plan for the Savior to come and save his people was all through these lines of people. So it was already planned out right from the beginning. And... Um, just to be able to see how God's plan all came together. Because I'm sure, well, like we all do now, we look up from our little space and say, I don't understand what's going on. Why is this happening? Um, being able to be able to step back and see how the whole thing is laid out. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful to see how God used all of those events to bring about salvation of his people. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I was, uh, again, my, as a pastor, as I was flipping through the books when I first got it, I just began, you know, getting all these ideas of, of whose hands I wanted to get, you know, this, this book into. And of course, first of all, to parents, but then also to, to Sunday school teachers. And, and as I mentioned before, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm preaching an Old Testament passage, particularly usually in, in the Old Testament, um, I, I, I feel it pains to have to try to, you know, explain certain historical events in their context and that kind of thing, just because most of us were not taught well about that. And so I, I do want to uh, just, just once again, encourage folks, this is a great one-stop shop and a primer on, on the biblical timeline that will be extremely helpful for you. And as Linda mentioned, um, anytime you look at history uh, through the lens of scripture, you're reminded of God's faithfulness and his hand of providence. It's always great to be reminded of that and how children really are very capable of learning that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and Lynn, I wonder if you just say a few words about that, about having confidence in what kids are able to grasp and how would you encourage parents and Sunday school teachers along those lines? Well, I think, as you said, children can grasp a whole lot more sometimes than we Mm -hmm. (laughs) give them credit for or even maybe want them to. Um, And I think questions uh, ought to be answered honestly with as much vocabulary as they understand. As teachers, as parents, I think we need to be very careful that we don't assume that um, Some things are just too hard for them to understand. They may not be able to grasp everything, every aspect of a particular issue at a time, but they certainly can be given some sort of um, initial introduction to some of the more difficult issues. Um, I mean, there's a lot of violence in the Old Testament. Why did that happen? Um, And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that and saying this is all part of God's plan, not necessarily... (laughs) as we think of it today, (laughs) but, um, kids can grasp that because they're, they see violence. Exactly. They're well aware of it. 
Well, and, and yeah, to be I, very dark, little boys love those stories as well. Let's, <laughs> let's, true, not, let's not forget that. You know, it's true. Shamgar, it's true. son of Anath, is pretty good. <laughs> That's right, right. Well, it, it's, I mean, just the endorsements alone ought to, uh, ought to indicate that, that this is a book you want to get. Carl was one of the endorsers, but don't let that dissuade you, um, anyone. Uh, much I better still... than Mark Driscoll's Doctrine book. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> We're working to, uh, to repair that damage. But... I wanted to say that before you did. <laughs> 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 but I, I want to encourage, th this, uh, uh, this program I just found out is going to be aired bef uh, before Christmas, a couple weeks before Christmas, and so therefore, um, you want to get a, a, a copy of this book, God's Timeline, the big book of biblical history by Linda Finlayson. You want to get that for Christmas, um, have that uh, under the tree or however you do that uh, for your kids, for um, Sunday school teachers. Um, this would be a terrific thing to be able to, to open up on Christmas morning at some point after the toys have lost their shine a little bit uh, at some point that evening, perhaps open up and go through a few pages of it. It's It's wonderful. It's a beautiful book. And if you will go to our uh, website, mortificationofspin.org, you can register to win a free copy of, uh, of Linda's new book. And uh, it would be our pleasure to send that out to you. Um, but if you don't tend to win contests like me, you may just want to go ahead and go to the place where you buy books and get a copy of God's Bible Timeline by Linda Finlayson. And, uh, and you'll be glad you did that. And also... Um, if, uh, if you're so moved to uh, make a, a donation to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals so that they can continue to uh, provide this sort of content for you. Um, our guest has been Linda Finlayson. Linda, thank you so much for, uh, for being brave enough to come on air with, uh, with, with Carl and I. We very much appreciated the conversation. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, you know, I mean, you're a, you're a mild-mannered Canadian. You're not a brash American. Um, you say a boot, um, and and all of that is good. That's very uh, endearing. I would have I would have been disappointed if you said about like an American did. So, thank you for uh, for helping us out in that way. Um, but Do uh, I apologize, students. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, yes. Be sorry for everything. <laughs> Absolutely. We love to have Canadians on because they're so easily intimidated. Mm. Um, so anyway, well, thank you so much uh, again, Linda. And thank you to our, to our listeners. Thanks for joining us on Mortification of Spin. We look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. For more on topics like this, visit mortificationofspin.org, where you can find other articles by Carl and Todd, browse the archive of past episodes, and make a donation. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. The story you have just seen is true. The names were changed to protect the innocent.
We've all faced unprecedented challenges here of late, and the church has not been immune. Unable to gather, many have drifted away. Still others languish in churches that have forgotten the creeds and confessions that give clarity and focus to our faith. The Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals exists to proclaim biblical doctrine in order to foster a reformed awakening in today's church, and we need your help. To be salt and light in a dying world, we need a strong and committed church, equipped with the truth and ready to serve the gospel. Your prayers and financial gifts enable us to produce and deliver solid resources from trusted authors, teachers, and speakers in print, online, at our signature events, and on the air. You will make a difference for today and for eternity when you give online at alliancenet.org donate or call 1-800-488-1888.